It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, Mo Kelly is hanging out with me today. Gary will be back on Monday, and Steve Gregory joins us. Now, Steve Gregory, the most connected reporter in Los Angeles to the Sheriff's Department. I don't think that is even something that could be argued against. And he joins us now about this collision into the recruiting class. The 75 recruits out for a training run yesterday in Whittier. A car slams into them. The 22-year-old driver is arrested and booked for attempted murder of a peace officer and then released last night for reportedly a lack of evidence as investigators get more evidence or probable cause to bring to prosecutors. Yeah, especially since they went so far as to book him for attempted murder on a peace officer. And, um, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, you know, if these recruits are actual peace officers. Well, they haven't taken their oath yet. Yeah, they were 14 weeks out. Yeah, so they're not sworn peace officers, but there were peace officers among the caravan or among the convoy there. So um, Sheriff Villanueva... Uh, spoke on John and Ken yesterday about this, and I wanted to start right out of the shoot with a cut A here because he he kind of summarizes why they came to the conclusion to book him on that charge. Our Homicide Bureau worked together with the Highway Patrol, the District Attorney's uh, Crimes Against uh, Peace Officers, the COPO unit, and they uh, did uh, dozens and dozens of interviews, looked at all the physical evidence, statements made, and they concluded that the act was intentional. Uh, we did uh, warrants at his home. We did warrants on uh, social media. So then why? And, uh, you know, to seize everything, to examine all that. And all that information was put together, and the DA will, will have at their disposal to decide what to file in court. And I think the charge is appropriate, and it just shocked us. It shocked everybody, and we're just praying for the recovery of all the recruits. Now, he came out yesterday at, after the crash, and he said, Right now, it appears to be a horrific accident. And then came out and said, it appears that it was intentional. Right. The only statement or the only piece of information that I have read that would lead you to make that change is the account from the cadets or the recruits, whatever you want to call them, that they heard the car accelerate. That's, I've heard the same statement. Now, there's some things to consider here. I was really shocked last night when I heard at after 10 o'clock last night that he had been released. Um, but how I, do you prove intent? Well, that's one thing. So let's back up for a second because I, I kept thinking no one made a mistake here because we're talking about the best of the best between the capo unit at the DA's office, investigators at Sheriff's Department and CHP. But the DA's office didn't even have the case yesterday. Right. But I mean, but they had their 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 investigators in the capo unit were yeah. working with them. But it hadn't been handed over to the DA. That was supposed to happen this morning, and then the arraignment was supposed to happen later today. Two things that haven't happened yet. They haven't been able to analyze the black box in the vehicle. I've t- I was told the toxicology report's not back yet. And if you arraign him today on an attempted murder charge, and God forbid one of those recruits dies, they're not going to be able to go back and charge him. Mm. 
with another with a with the murder charge or a different degree of murder in this case or the murder of a peace officer or the or you know a, a different degree of murder so i was told but it's not the same charge i mean it's not like yeah he, but the charges could could not be amended after he was already arraigned on one charge and this is why when i saw you in the parking garage yeah. i had just gotten that information before i talked to you so i didn't know that you couldn't do that that you couldn't yeah that's what i did not realize i thought you could go in and arraign and go in there but once they arraigned him on one charge and then something happened later like the tox comes back the black box comes back one of them passes away. It ch- changes the dynamic, and they're not going to be able to go back and rearrange him on something different after that. But they couldn't just add the charge to it because attempted murder on those who survived, obviously, but also the murder charge if, unfortunately, someone were to die. We, there have been cases where people have been tried for attempted murder, and it's very vague in my mind right now, but I believe it was connected to the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. And then and James Brady died. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there was a question of whether that person would be charged with murder because the injuries stemmed from that right. attempt murder. Now, I'm just going out there, but that, that could be a federal issue. I don't know on the local issue, but I was told this morning that once they arraigned him on this particular charge, because there were other pending charges as well right. that they would not tell me. And I'm assuming yeah. it's probably a litany of assault charges and vehicle code violations, whatever. But um, I think also, too, they would have had to arraign him today because of the weekend. And if they didn't have enough evidence collected as of yet, the they couldn't yeah. hold him. Right. And so they were up against the clock. Yeah. Plus, if it comes back and the talk screen shows impairment because mm-hmm. remember he blew a 0.0 field sobriety but it doesn't mean he still wasn't impaired right was marijuana found in the car, marijuana right? was found in the vehicle i was also told again uh, via sources in in that are close to the case that there might have been a nitrous oxide component to this oh wow um he did look out of it right now that again that could be written off as trauma because he was also injured uh-huh. so he could have been in shock a lot of variables there but they're saying if for some reason he was impaired, it would be incredibly difficult to prove intent. Real quick question, because we're running up out of time. Did he give any type of statement or was he tight-lipped after arrest? Don't know. I, I was told that they did a series of interviews. I can only presume, based on the way it was explained to me, he was a part of those interviews. Fox 11 had video of him answering questions from a responding officer on the scene. I mean, I don't know what kind of questions they were, but that's the video I'm saying where he looked dazed. Mm-hmm. He looked kind of like in shock. Well, did you see the footage of the actual yeah. field sobriety? Right. That was interesting, too. So, um, But I'm told that I think you guys just kind of put it, uh, a pin on it that uh, timing, it's a, it's a timing issue right yeah. now. All right, Steve, thank you. You We will stay on top of this and bring you all the details about that. The FTX mess is quite large. Uh, John J. Ray III helped manage the aftermath of some of the largest corporate failures in history, including the implosion of the energy trading firm Enron in 2001. But he says the corporate dysfunction at FTX is the worst he has ever seen. So that is saying something. FTX, of course, the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange that John J. Ray III took over last week. Sounds like a murderer. It does, doesn't it? Yes. John <laughs> J. Ray. Yeah. Whenever they give you the the, the full name, yeah. 
like, first, middle, last, you did something wrong. Yes, like a serial killer, Absolutely. like a many body. John Wayne up. Gacy, mm-hmm. John Wilkes Booth, right? James Earl Ray. Too many names. Too many names. You've you've kind of got a lot of names. Well, I have a middle name. Yeah, that you use, just like uh, the, all the killers. No, I don't. Well, kind no, of. Since what, when was the last time you heard someone refer to me other than my mother as Morris William O'Kelly? That's how I refer to you. <laughs> uh, he says, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. This was in court papers filed yesterday. We were kind of talking about this earlier in a jocular way. In the sense of we want to believe when someone provides an investment opportunity, always the word opportunity, that it's real, that it's special, and it's just for us, and it's going to yield some sort of great return. I just would never fall for that because I just would never believe it, you know? I'm just so skeptical of things like that. I'm always skeptical when someone comes to me. Right. Offering an opportunity. Why do you need to come to me? I should be coming to you asking about that opportunity. Now, a lot of celebrities have been caught up in this where there's been a lawsuit which has been filed naming FTX and the celebrity endorsers, which is weird because obviously the celebrities didn't necessarily have a fiduciary responsibility in terms of they're just endorsing the product. They're not making financial decisions on behalf of the company. The losses for investors may reach as high as $8 billion. But with non-existent or deficient accounting, auditing, and disbursement systems, it's going to take this guy and his forensic investigators a lot of time to uncover the truth. This was a Ponzi scheme from from the beginning. It didn't, the money was never there for what they were trying to do. Now, I know there was a political connection as far as FTX and and donations, but as far as the how the company was supposed to run, much like Bernie Madoff, you're moving around other people's money to make it seem like you are bringing in or you're generating revenue when they never were. And, of course, you're going to get all the perks and the personal items thrown in. It's always fun to read about, isn't it? He wrote in the court filing, In the Bahamas, I understand that corporate funds of the FTX group were used to purchase homes, other personal items for employees and and advisors. Uh, There is documentation. There is no documentation, excuse me, of these certain transactions as loans. There were perks in the Bahamas, uh, corporate funds used to purchase those homes, and, uh, uh, oh, and emojis for expenses. There were no disbursement controls that are appropriate for a business enterprise. For example, employees of the FTX group submitted payment requests through an online chat platform where the supervisors would approve of the disbursements by responding with personalized emojis. I want to go to Tom Brady or Steph Curry and say, what was the pitch yeah. that was made yeah, yeah. to you? What made you say yes? Who was the person who said, I got this idea, it's, it's crypto? You could, well, you could... when you have FNU money, are you more likely to be like, all right, let's roll the dice? Yeah. I understand rolling the dice, and let's say, I don't know how much Tom Brady had it. Let's say 650 he get... million. Was that high? Yeah. <laughs> See, I want to hear the pitch. Yeah. I can understand if he threw like, you know, two million, it's a, it's a startup, whatever. 
Yeah, right, right, right. Money, but six hundred—that's an investment. That's like that's a real investment. That's, that's your yeah. nest egg investment. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady—he—he's not a billionaire, so that's a considerable portion of his of his income, and he's not like a, a well, rookie. Well, it was in the Tom league. and Giselle's money, to be fair. But still, yeah. I mean, and how is that going to go down in the divorce? I think too? they're going to be just fine. No, no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> as far as when you have the separation of assets, mm-hmm. and then you have to, sure. You know, sucks to be him. Well, Ticketmaster continues to get heat. Of course, fans of singer Taylor Swift, very upset because Ticketmaster canceled its general public sale of tickets to her upcoming tour. The company cited extraordinarily high demands, insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand for the cancellation of the tickets, which were set to go on sale today. All of the mess started with the pre-sales. Ticketmaster is kind of alone ever since they bought up, uh, gobbled up Live Nation. So they don't really have to make sure all of their bots are in working order. All of their widgets are being made and going through the systems in, in an expeditious fashion because they're the only game in town. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? They're the only game in town. And I don't see, and I say this as someone who's come from the music industry, I don't necessarily see why, air quotes, why Ticketmaster needs to provide the tickets in a way which makes everybody happy. Because I know for a fact they hold tickets back. I know for a fact that they sell tickets to ticket brokers. I know that it's not a fair game in the sense of the average 15-year-old fan who wants to get Taylor Swift tickets. It's never been. I know that the houses, the arenas, the, the concert venues hold tickets back. So, of course, there's going to be not only a bottleneck, but a a crash as far as the site is concerned. The website traffic for Tuesday was four times more than Ticketmaster's previous peak. 15% of customers experienced a glitch on the website that day. I get so frustrated with Ticketmaster when I'm trying to buy, you know, Niner playoff tickets or something like that, you know, and... uh, You don't have a hookup? I do not have a hookup. Isn't that crazy? You'd think I'd have a hookup. I do not. Um, But uh, (laughs) it's... It's just insane because it's so glitchy, that site. And I feel like it's rare that I go on Ticketmaster and everything works swimmingly. And I'm not kicked off or it doesn't or it doesn't freeze or what have you. Sydney Wallace was trying to buy resale tickets because once you get them on Ticketmaster, so the small population gets them on Ticketmaster and then they turn around, they go to StubHub and they raise the price by 400 uh, percent or more. Four thousand percent. Yeah, four thousand percent. Uh, fan Sydney Wallace says she was trying to buy resale tickets when she was hit with an $11,000 bill on the ticket app SeatGeek, but never received the tickets, said her credit cards are frozen. She said SeatGeek will refund her money in three to five days, but it's unsure if she will if she will attend the concert now. She said of the companies that sell the tickets, they knew the demand ahead of time. They knew how much traffic was going to be on the site, and they created this environment where no one really had a chance. And also, Ticketmaster has this questionable practice where they will sell the tickets at, like, the demand rate. We saw this yeah. with the Bruce Springsteen tickets mm-hmm. where, yeah, there's going to be incre- – there, there, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where they create the demand and they don't satisfy the demand. And so the ticket prices go higher and they get, also get a higher fee. It's like my high school econ class, right? It's uh, simple supply and demand rules. And you know how to work the system. You know how to make more money. 
Tennessee's Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti has called for this company to break up, that this is a monopoly. And we've heard this before, but here are the calls again. We're seeing a situation, he says, where people are trying to use the service and aren't getting the product they paid for, the product that were that was promised. And that could be an indicator there's not enough competition in the market. So where do we go from here? They called off the sales today. And now what? Are they just going to they're just done? It's all resale? Well, I wonder what the agreements are with the venues. Because if they can, if Ticketmaster cannot honor their end of the bargain, what is their agreement with the actual venues? Let's say it was an Elton John concert for this weekend or something, and the same thing happened. Well, they still have to honor the agreement with the venues as far as that that money, which has changed hands. And I don't think they're going to start refunding people's money. So. I don't know where it goes. Tickets cost fans between $49 and $449 for standard and then 200 to 900 for VIP. Right now they're being resold for as much as $28,000. Golly! She has said nothing about this. No comment on social media. No, nor Taylor should she. Swift? Yeah. Oh no, she has. Oh, tell me. Yeah, she uh she came out. She said she's really pissed off. Okay. Um Oh, yeah, this article was from 545 last night. Yeah, so she took to Instagram, which she is wont to do, issued a lengthy statement. Um, she says there's lots of reasons people have had such a hard time. She's trying to figure out how to how the situation can be improved. And she said that they actually had um, discussions with Ticketmaster. She said, I'm not making excuses for anyone because she said when we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand, we were assured they could. Wow. So 2.4 million people were able to get tickets, but she says it really pisses me off that a lot of them felt like they had to go through several bear attacks to get them. I, I wonder, though, as far as the the availability, if 2.4 million people were able to get their tickets, what's the status of most of the venues? You know, are they are they sold out? Are their tickets still available? That's what I want to know, because yeah. I don't know if Ticketmaster is being above board with the amount of tickets which were available. Well, like you were saying, they that the the scalpers for lying or the resellers buy them all up and they said that the demand was so high on ticketing systems and there is insufficient remaining ticket inventory to put the tickets on sale there we go what a mess <laughs> well my go-to for car information for years has been dave coons from abc7 uh met him out in the field as a reporter and he remains such an important piece of genius whenever i have a car issue arise <laughs> dave thanks so much for joining us today hey shannon and maybe you're the kind of person who might be in the market for a new car because when we spoke uh, recently you weren't very happy with your car so this is the place to come if you're actually even window shopping for a new car but you know as mo said Half the people that come here probably aren't even in the market for a car. They just want to look at everything new and yep. see what's coming down the road for the future. Yeah, a lot of them are unicorn dreams from what I remember, cars that uh, you probably can't afford. I mean, the, the future of cars in many cases. And no, Dave, I will not be buying another car for quite some time after the amount of money I had to pour into that clunker. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, come on. You, know, you, should, you should be nice to your car. <laughs> what's catching your eye at the auto show this time around? Well, there's so much going on here. I was literally just standing on the EV test track out front, and that's where you can hop in the passenger seat of one of these new electric vehicles, and they'll take you for a quick spin around this little course they've set up to give you a feel for electric vehicles. They're also doing this inside Nissan, uh, Hyundai, Jeep, 
and uh, and some other brands are doing indoor test rides because they've got some extra space because some brands aren't here this year, and you can run an electric car inside. So they have these K-rails set up, and you can go for a ride. So that's kind of the participation part. They really turned this show into an engagement kind of thing, to use that term, engagement activities, things you can do. Of course, there's test drives outside, and you can also just see what's new. And one of the things that really has caught my eye and kind of shocked a lot of people, Toyota revealed the new generation of Prius uh, two nights ago. I was there for the unveiling. It's on the show floor, and it's actually the first time they've ever done a really, really good-looking Prius. And even the guy from Toyota, he said, you haven't been able to use the word sexy and Prius in the same sentence before, but now you can't. Uh, so that's catching eyes. And Mo mentioned the, the concept cars. Genesis has this beautiful four-seat convertible. It's just called the X Concept. It's fully electric. It's like a large uh, convertible, maybe the size of like a Mercedes-Benz S-Class. And it is just stunning. And that was kind of a last-minute ad, and Genesis brought that here. So everywhere you turn, you're looking at something new that's either you can go buy one right now or maybe you can wish that it's coming along in the next few years. Take me inside the Galpin Hall of Customs there, where you get some of the exotics and custom cars. Well, that's really wild because, you know, Galpin is this mega dealer uh, based in the San Fernando Valley. And for years, they have been customizing cars. They were doing the custom vans back in the 1970s, and they've always done these wild things. So they put on a show. They have their own hall. It's right between the two main halls. And, man, is it wild stuff. Now, of course, these are things you could buy if you say, oh, look at that. Uh, I'd like that. And then Galpin can customize it for you for a price. But that's where everyone's whipping out their their camera phones and taking pictures because it's just like, oh, my gosh, did they really do that? Including a pink, if you know what a Ford GT is, it's this very limited production, half-million-dollar, low-slung, two-seat supercar. And they've got one there that is it's not even pink. It's more like fuchsia. Uh, so that's catching a lot of attention, too. Oh, that's cool. Hey, Dave, since we're now out of the pandemic and you mentioned some of the brands may not have been there, how has attendance been from what you could tell? Well, it, you know, this is the first day. And, of course, it's a weekday. We'll really know more like on the weekends uh, as far as attendance. I was here last year because you know, they couldn't hold the show in 2020. And they, they were open last year, of course, with some restrictions. And I was really impressed with attendance. I think maybe this year it might be even better because every time I've gone to an automotive event, like I MC a lot of these big car events around California, and the attendance has been huge because people were so cooped up for so long. They want to get out and do stuff. And it's, you know, it's an airy feeling. It isn't like you're crammed into these halls. Um, I think attendance is going to be pretty good, mainly because this is really the kickoff of the new car year, of the model year. I mean, the model year kind of gets played around with a little bit. But, you know, this is you're looking at 2023 and beyond here. What cars does Dave like heading into 2023? What brands? I don't know if you're Ooh. able to say that, but uh, what, what do you have your eye on? Well, you know, I'm I'm a big fan. I love Subarus, and they just released their new Impreza, and uh, it's a five-door hatchback, very sporty, very rugged. And I think, you know, if you can have one car, and you can only have one car, it has to do a lot of things. I love a good five-door hatchback. I love the Volkswagen GTI. I actually own one. I've had it for a long time. I, you know, it's my car. But I look at those five-door hatchbacks. Unfortunately, SUVs are kind of the thing right now. So um, I really like the fact that there's versatility in something reasonably sized and, uh, you know, decent fuel economy. I think that Subaru is going to do really well. This is their, I think it's their fourth generation Impreza. Um, That's their, I love uh, muscle cars. Uh, But, of course, you know, those are kind of going away. Dodge is going to discontinue theirs. They've got the Mustang here, the new Mustang, and also the Bronco. And if you've seen those new Broncos out on the road, you can come here and take a ride in one, and they go over this, like, roller coaster track. And Jeep does the same thing with their Jeep models indoors, 
you're on this like mountainous course. It's all made of metal going around. You're looking right at the lights at the convention center. Um, so I kind of gravitate toward the fun vehicles. My brother wanted me to get one of those Broncos, and I love those. I love those hybrid Jeeps as well. Those are good looking cars. Uh, Mo just pulled up a picture well, this is of the that. First time. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the first time Jeep has been able to do their Camp Jeep, which is a roller coaster, and it's completely electric powered because they're using it's called the four by e. So it's a plug in hybrid. There's a Wrangler, and then now there's a Grand Cherokee plug in. So they're running around on this track with zero emission. So that's kind of cool. They have two different models, and there's more to come from Jeep. Very cool. Yeah, Mo just pulled up a picture of uh, that Prius. That is a good-looking car. car. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And, and has anyone ever said that about it? I mean, no. there's a little funny, like, novelty <laughs> sticker that people put on the back of their Prius, and it's a little quote says, cool Prius, said nobody. You know, well, now maybe they have to change that because it is pretty cool, isn't it? I'm surprised they waited so long to do that. Why did you need to make it ugly and also f- fuel efficient or electric? Right. I know, I know. I, know. Well, I part, part of it was the shape, and also they had to put small tires on it because they're less rolling resistance. But now they've been able to put big wheels and tires on it. I guess tire technology has improved. So, yeah, why did they wait so long? Good question, Mo. Dave Coons, ABC7's car guru and friend of our show as well. Thanks so much for that report. Appreciate it. Hey, and you've got all week to come down here. They're even open on Thanksgiving Day if you're uh, looking Ooh. for something to do all the turkeys in the oven. Yeah, get away from that family. Head on down to the auto show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Very talk good. We'll talk trending when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free any time, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.